Thank you for joining us today at uh, Berkeley Evangelistic Association. And we really appreciate the fact that you tuned us in today to hear our services on prayer and forgiveness. It's a new series we started a few weeks ago, and we're going to be in lesson number three today, praying with, without uh, pretense. So we just want to welcome you and tell you it's a privilege to be able to uh, broadcast these studies and that you have joined us and it's an honor to uh to be with you today and we welcome you first time visitors we we thank you very much for trying us out listening to see uh, what it's all about we thank you and we praise god for each and every one of you so now let's continue as we have our prayer and we'll begin with praying without pretense Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us and all your blessings that you bestow upon each and every one of us, all those who are listening today and all those that are in uh, our friends and, and family and so forth. Father, we thank you for our love for one another and the fact that your blessings uh, bestowed upon us are overwhelming. And we just thank you, Father. And I pray that if there's anyone today that doesn't know Jesus, that they would consider studying your word and open their heart to believe in Jesus Christ, that they might be saved. Father, that's the whole intent of all of this, is to reach those people that are unbelievers, to make them realize that Jesus is the answer to all their problems. So, Father, help us now to learn about prayer and all that we need to do and for us to pray from our hearts and not uh, with pretense of putting on an act to try to glorify ourselves in front of other people. And Father, we want to glorify you and lift up the name of Jesus. Now be with this study, open our hearts and minds, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praying without pretense. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And we'll be in this uh, set of scriptures here for, for the duration of this study. In Matthew 6, 5 through 8 says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitious, uh, repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will uh, be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of, before you ask as we have said before in other writings and now even in this writing the greatest privilege a christian has is the privilege of prayer this is the most wonderful privilege of all that i have the opportunity to pray at the foot of god's holy throne and if i am sincere my god hears my every word now in hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 we find let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. 
to be able to speak to the God who created and controls the universe and to know that he has uh, promised to hear us and to answer us is a blessing too great to comprehend. When you consider the fact that real prayer is not just our sending words out into thin air, but that real praying is used by God to accomplish his purpose on the earth. It should boggle our minds to know that God is using us through prayer and using our hands and feet, our movement, our physical beings to be his hands and feet, to accomplish his will, to do uh, things to lift up his to, to glory and to lift up the name of Jesus. What a gift we have been given through prayer. What a privilege is ours that we are able to speak to God, knowing that our every word is heard by him. We also knowing that he is willing and will answer. Most amazingly, he has invited us to be involved with him in the work he is doing. And that's what I was saying about we are the hands and the feet of God to work evangelistically and all the things that we do in all the churches around the world to help and be the hands and feet of God, to show the love of God and the grace and to show that Jesus Christ loved us, that he gave his life and saved us and died and took the sins that we could never pay. And Christ took our sins and nailed them to the cross. And he died as a sacrifice to cleanse us so that we would have the right or had the, not the right, but the privilege to come before God. That's the only reason we can do this. But like anything else in life, we humans can even mess up something as profound and beautiful as prayer. I know that's kind of harsh, but we can mess it up, and we do. And since the time of Seth, the third son of Adam in Genesis 4:26. Men have been calling upon the name of the Lord. So it's not something new. It's not something new. We talked about Adam and Eve praying uh, and asking for forgiveness and so forth in the earlier chapter. And now Seth, uh, you know, at the third son of Adam, that's when they started calling on the Lord and the name of the Lord, the people did. And many have prayed properly and have seen God move in tremendous power as he heard and answered those prayers. Others have prayed out of wrong motives and have received nothing in answer to their request. In the above verses, Matthew 5, uh, 6, 5 through 8, Jesus is exposing some of the problems in prayer that were rampant in his day. He condemns the pretentious praying of the hypocrites in verse number 5 and on the religious elite of that day. Jesus tells us that their praying will amount to nothing. Then he tells us how men should approach God. Now this lesson today is on the very subject of praying with sincerity and not like the hypocrites. We are to pray sincerely from the heart and not falsely. Now the title of this lesson is praying without pretense. The word pretense means insincere or pretentious behavior something done in a way of behaving which is not genuine but is meant to deceive other people in other words pretense is another word for hypocrisy pretentious hypocritical praying 
will not be heard or answered by the Lord. Therefore, you and I need to, to learn how to pray without pretense. Let's look at what Jesus said about this matter. In Matthew 6, 5 through 8, and verse number 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their rewards. Now let's look at some cautions regarding public prayer. Now the Jewish nation was blessed and a privileged people in that God chose them and they knew of God and giving them the law promised to send the Messiah through them and gave them access unto himself, which was God himself. They of all people should have known how to talk to God. But over the years, many errors had worked their ways into the Jewish worship and prayer. And these are the problems Jesus refers to here. Now let's look quickly at some of these errors. Error number one, prayer had become nothing more than a ritual. The Jew prayed, but his prayers were scripted and the form was set. He either quoted them from memory or he read them Thus, a Jew could pray and not even think about what he was saying. If you ever see footage on television or somewhere else of, of the Jews praying at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, that is what you are seeing. You are seeing them praying out of memory or they're reading it. And uh, it's interesting to watch that. Every morning and every evening, faithful Jews would repeat the Shema. This prayer was formed from selected uh, phrases from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 through 9 and also chapter 11 verses 13 through 21 and Numbers chapter 15 verse 37 through 41. Often the Shema was used in its abbreviated form and this would be just Deuteronomy 6, 4. Now another pray prayer they prayed morning, noon, and night was called the Shimona Ashrei, which means the 18. This was a series of 18 prayers that addressed various aspects of life. The faithful Jew would pray all 18 of these prayers three times every day. Regardless of where the Jew was, at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, he would stop what he was doing and he would offer the necessary prayers. Of course, some could have prayed these prayers in sincerity. We're not saying that everybody was not sincere, but most were simply following the ritual. Two, predetermined prayers were formulated for every aspect of life. Now, every conceivable turn of life had a prayer that had been developed to deal with it. This also led to prayer being something that could be recited from the head and not lifted up from the spirit. There is a modern trend in this direction. Look at the availability of books today of pre-written prayers or pre-writing the prayers before people offer them. Now, number three, prayer was limited to preset times and occasions. Instead of praying when they felt led to or when a need arose, 
they all pray at the same times. Now the Jews, the Muslims, and other groups do this still today. We need to remember that there is nothing wrong with praying at a predetermined time, but we are called upon to be in an attitude of prayer always. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing. So let's go on to number four. Long prayers were held in high regard. Now, the Jews believe that the longer and more elaborate the prayer, the more likely it was to be heard by God. Jesus warned against this practice in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30, where he said, he who is not with me is against me, and who, he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Now, please understand, there is nothing wrong with long prayers as long as the Spirit is moving on it, but when a person prays a long time to impress others, well, which is what the Jews were doing, they have crossed the line into pretense. As said before, God is not impressed by elaborate vocabulary. Number five, many prayers were comprised of useless repetition. The Jews were notorious for repeating phrases and of adding adjectives to the name of God, thinking they would be heard by him. This was a pagan practice that sadly is found in some Christian circles today. Number six, the desire to be seen and heard of others. This is the worst offense of all. Prayer had ceased to be about communion with God and had degenerated into an attempt to impress others. This is the attitude Jesus is dealing with in these verses of Matthew 6, 5 through 8. Now let's look at point A here, and, and item number six will go to, to point A. It says, beware of wrong motives. God tells us that prayer is not about being seen or heard by others, but prayer is a time of personal communion with God. Many have read uh, these verses and concluded that any kind of public prayer is off limits. That is not true. Jesus was not forbidding public prayers, but he was telling men to beware of who their audience was. If men were praying in public, to be seen and heard by others, then they had totally missed the point of prayer. Prayer is about a, a man entering into the presence of God to have communion with him. And then item B would be beware of wrong methods. These people, Jesus called hypocrites, were guilty of standing in public places such as synagogues and busy street corners and praying out loud and with long prayers. Their desire was to impress others with their piety and religiousness. Jesus soundly condemns this kind of praying because it draws attention to man and not to God. It glorifies the flesh and not the Father. Again, there's nothing wrong with praying in public. There's nothing wrong with a person standing in public to pray. God is not concerned about the posture of the body. He is concerned about the attitude of the heart. If a person's public praying is different from that private praying and designed to appeal to others instead of pointing men to God, then it becomes prayers of hypocrisy and pretense. Some counsel regarding private prayer. 
Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Having told his men how the hypocrites pray, Jesus proceeds to tell them how they should pray. While the warning and guidelines for prayer, even in activity like prayer, there is still the danger that the flesh will get involved or that we will be led astray by Satan. Two of Satan's strongest attacks against Jesus came during times of intimate communion with his father. If we look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we find Jesus led into the wilderness and tempted by Satan. And then again in Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 46, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying before uh, being arrested to be taken to the cross. So if Jesus was attacked by the devil, when uh, then you and I can expect the same treatment. Satan will try anything he can to hinder your prayer life. He will try to get your flesh involved if he can. He will turn your prayer time into a time of self-promotion and self-centeredness. Here is what Jesus says about our private prayer time. Real prayer is a priority. When thou prayest, Jesus does not say if you pray. He says when you pray. It is expected that God's people will pray. We are commanded to pray. Let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 8, it says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, and I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Since we are told to pray, we must make prayer a priority. If prayer is not made a priority in your life, then you will never pray. It is sad but true some people only pray when they are in public or when they go to church or when they go to a prayer meeting. That should not be. Communion with God should be the highest priority of each day. You will never grow in the Lord beyond the depth of your prayer life. Real prayer is personal. In contrast to the hypocrites who like to pray in public places, to be seen of others, Jesus tells his people to go into a private place to pray. There are things that need to be said in prayer that do not need to be said within earshot, hearing distance of other people. When we pray in private, we have 
uh, we can have liberty to declare our hearts to the Lord. We can pray about personal, private matters that would embarrass us if others were to hear. We can call out the names of people that burden us in our private time of prayer, and we can be honest with the Lord, and we can humble ourselves before Him. We can be who we really are, for in private prayer there is no one to impress. It is our time with God. Do you keep a regular time of private prayer with the Lord? It can be a challenge. But we must all accomplish this with priority in order to have a fervent and effective prayer life. Again, there is nothing wrong in praying as a group. Notice in verse 9, Jesus tells us to say, Our Father. This implies corporate prayer. Still, there is nothing more precious than spending time alone with God in private prayer. Also, never forget, you don't have to pray out loud. A 4th century believer by the name of Chrysostom said that many people in the day prayed so loud in their prayer closets that everyone could hear what they were saying. That is the same attitude of the hypocrite. Friends, there are some things I don't want you to hear, as I am sure you feel the same way. There are some things I don't want the devil to hear. In silent prayer all the day long, coming from the heart, the thought of Jesus and my salvations are never far from my heart, felt thinking. Now, real prayer is precious. When Jesus uses the phrase, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, he is referring to the very dwelling place of God. For the Jews, this was a startling revelation. For centuries, the high priest was the only one allowed to enter the Holy of Holies, he could only enter once per year on the Day of Atonement, and he could only enter with blood to atone for his sins and for the sins of the people. Now, Jesus tells us that when we enter into genuine prayer before the Lord, that we are able to enter the secret place with him. Literally, we are allowed access into the Holy of Holies in heaven. When we pray and pray properly, we are allowed access into the throne room of grace. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help in time of need. We do not have to have some human priest to stand in for us, but through Jesus Christ, we have access to the very throne of our Father in heaven. We have the privilege during our uh, seasons of private prayer to step out of this world for a time and to enter his presence to commune with him. That is why private prayer is so precious and so powerful. It literally takes you into the presence of God and it brings God's presence near to you. Now James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Clench your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Real prayer is powerful. We are told that thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. When we pray to the Lord out of a sincere desire to have communion with him, he will honor our faith and our humility and will answer in such a way that will demonstrate the fact that we 
have been with him. If we refuse to show off in prayer, then he will show out in his answers to prayer. Jesus is telling us that when prayer ceases to be about us and being seen by others and it becomes all about him, then we can expect him to move in response to our prayers. You see, those who pray for the applause of others get exactly what they want as reflected in verse 5. But those who see prayer as a time of private communion with the Lord and are not concerned with personal glory, we will see God move in mighty power and he will get all the glory. Now some conditions regarding personal prayer, and we'll discuss this in Matthew chapter 6 verses 7 through 8. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Having told us what not to do and what to do, Jesus offers a few more conditions related to our personal prayer lives, and these are important, so please don't overlook them. In verse number 7, you refrain from repetition. The pagans, as well as many of the Jews, believed that they were to be heard by the Lord uh, if they repeated their prayers or repeated the same praises over and over. An example of this is seen in the, in the Baal prophets in 1 Kings eighteen twenty six through 29 and also with the people of Ephesus in Acts 19, 24 through 34 when Paul was there and it was uh, Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana brought no small prophet to the craftsmen there and Jesus does not want his people to engage in meaningless reputation so the same thing occurs still today many Buddhists spin wheels containing written prayers believing that each turn of the wheel sends that prayer to their God secondly Roman Catholics light prayer candles in the uh, belief that their Requests will continue to ascend repetitiously to God as long as the candle is lit. Rosaries are used to count off repeated prayers of Hail Marys and Our Father. The rosary itself coming to uh, Catholicism from Buddhism by way of the Spanish Muslims during the Middle Ages. And thirdly, certain charismatic groups in our own day repeat the same words or phrases over and over until the speaking degenerates to unintelligible confusion. If we are not careful, that is exactly what we will do ourselves. We will pray the same prayer over every meal. We say the same phrases morning and night when we pray. We use the name of God or Father or Lord over and over when we pray. We are to refrain from repetitious praying. We will try anything to help prayer last longer or to make us sound more religious when we pray. We must remember that it is not the length of our prayers that matter, nor is it eloquence of our words, and it is not even the content of our prayers that is the issue. What matters most is the condition and attitude 
of the one doing the praying and the motive behind the praying, praying wholeheartedly to God. Let me add that it is not wrong to repeat the same request to the Lord. It is wrong to enter into a mindless state where prayer becomes something we do and not think about. To drone on in repetitious praying is an insult to the Lord. Now in verse 8, it says, rest in your relationship. And Jesus reminds us that God is our Father. As such, he knows what we need before we ask, and he is concerned that our needs be met. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34, and Luke 12, verse 32. Some might say, if God already knows what we need, then why pray? Prayer gives God the opportunity to hear his children express their love for him, their dependence upon him, and their faith in him. Prayer affords God the opportunity to demonstrate his love, power, and glory, providence, sovereignty, and provision for his children. Besides, prayers not prayed will be prayers not answered. And remember, James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask. And then also in verse 8, rely on his resources. Since he is God and since he is our Father, we can do, or excuse me, we can go to him in confidence and faith, believing that he has the power to answer us when we call upon him. Faith in God through prayer is essential to prayers being answered. Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6 but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him now Matthew 21 22 and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he, is, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Folks, I just believe that God can do anything. And since that is true, we need to engage in prayer, resting in his resources, believing in his power, and rejoicing in his answers to prayer. Furthermore, I do not want to be a hypocrite in my prayer life. As God is my witness, I don't want to impress you with my prayers. What I want to do is to develop my private, personal prayer life until it is everything God would have it to be. I want to avoid any pretense in my praying, and I hope you all feel the same way. Is your prayer life all it should be? Or has the Lord touched a sore spot or two through his word today? If he has, or if you just want to grow deeper in your prayer life, the place to begin is on our knees. If the Lord is calling you to a more powerful, more effective life of prayer, then why not just mind him and come before him today? If we will come to the place where our prayer lives honor the Lord, he will bless us in a tremendous way. It was said that D.L. Moody was so overwhelmed with the blessings of the Lord upon him that he prayed 
God, stop. God, stop. God wants to fill your cup to overflowing. He wants to bless and use you and me beyond anything you and I have ever imagined. But everything in our walk with him begins and ends with the quality of our prayer lives. My friends, I can't even imagine being blessed so abundantly as D.L. Moody that I would have to ask God to stop. Lord, just stop blessing me. I've got more than I can, I can handle. And uh, bless somebody else. But, you know, uh, if we don't know Jesus Christ as our, our Savior and have accepted him and believe in him, uh, then our prayer life is sh- running short. And people all the time saying, pray for us or uh, let's pray to God. And they don't know Jesus. They believe that just by praying to God and asking God that they're going to be uh, recognized by God without being recognized through Jesus Christ. And that's not going to work. God, and I've said this many times before, God does not see you and me in our prayer life. He sees his son, we're wrapped in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God, God will recognize us no other way than through the work that Jesus done on the cross. The cross is the sacrificial tool that brings man to him through the blood that Jesus shed. And through Jesus' righteousness, we are saved by God's grace. Friends, thank you for being here today. We praise God for you and we thank you for each time that you come by and and you listen to something that we're teaching or one of the the, uh, sermons that's on our network and we just thank you for that we praise God for you and we pray that you'll come back again and and for those of you that are faithful and listening we continue along month after month with different uh, series Uh, right now we're going to be we're about halfway through this one on prayer and forgiveness and then I have no idea what God will lead me to do next time, but we'll, we'll see. I've, I've said that before, and God's always opened a new door. And I thank God for you today, and I pray that he will richly bless you. And let's have our closing prayer. We'll be dismissed. Our Father and our God, we thank you today for uh, all the blessings, Father, that you have bestowed upon us as individuals and upon this ministry that you continue to bless it with new and more people coming and listening to the broadcast, Lord. And each month, each week, more and more people come and visit this uh, small broadcast network called Berkeley Evangelistic Association. And Father, all we want to do, we don't want any glory. We want to give you all the glory. We want to lift up the name of Jesus beyond the bounds of heaven so that everybody in this world will know that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, help us. Father, open the doorways. Use us, Lord, that your will would be done in all that we we do and say. Father, that Jesus would be, that Jesus would just be lifted up beyond anything that we can imagine. And Father, you have lifted up this ministry and all the things that I had just an idea that you gave to me through your Holy Spirit Lord and you blessed it and and it's taken off because I want to do what your will is and what you would have me to do and Father I pray for all the people that are listening Lord for those that are sick and afflicted for those that that, uh, don't have enough that are in need Father I pray for each one of them Lord that some way 
your blessing will be upon them that they will uh, be healed and receive the needs of life that they require and father you would give them uh, a healthy well-being and that they would be filled with hope and joy and the happiness of jesus through their salvation father be with us now bless this ministry and all that are out listening to us today in jesus name we pray amen